Welcome everyone to the Dauntless Real Estate Podcast, episode three. Thank you for joining in. So let's just dive right on into the topic today. We're gonna to be talking about rezoning a property. Now, if you're developing real estate, it's pretty much a given at some point you're gonna to have to deal with zoning issues or rezoning a property to get your development done. So we're gonna go through and discuss some of the, the things that need to happen, the overall process, and some of the pitfalls you need to avoid to successfully do this because rezoning can be a major, major issue and it can take a lot of time and put a lot of money at risk. So we need to do it the right way. So the first step in this process is obviously we have to conceptualize the property. Now, if you're building a high rise or a big building or development, your budget may be entirely different. You may have an entirely different capital structure that allows you to spend way more money than the average person. But if you're a smaller company or a medium sized company and you don't want to, you don't have the ability to, you know, spend a hundred thousand dollars in due diligence, it's really important that you go through this process mindfully so you don't waste money. And regardless of your size, there's no point in wasting money. There's no reason to go out and spend money when you don't have to. That's a recipe for failure. So as we conceptualize the property, think about what you can do before you start getting the architect, the civil engineer, landscape engineer involved so that you can figure out whether or not you have a high probability of getting this rezoning done. Whenever I would conceptualize a property, we were fortunate enough to have enough deals going to where our architect would basically do site plans and site layouts for free, knowing that they would you know, get the contract for the deal. So um, in, the, in that first phase, they would do really quick sketches, basically make sure that you know, the property was feasible and that the, the layout would work with parking and all, all the basics. And we would present that to the city. And we would usually take renderings of properties that we've done in the past. So we had some sort of system in place where we could get this done without spending a lot of money. But if you're doing a small residential deal or you're doing um, you know, small retail, you can go online and you can find pictures of properties and you can use those as an example of what you want to do with your project when you're meeting with the city. Now, this first meeting with the city is usually called a pre-application meeting. So that's that's basically step one. You're going to meet with the city and you're going to see the temperature of the city to your project. Now, if the property is not zoned for your use, you need to think about why it's not. You need to think about the area, what's around it and how you can fit in your narrative. You're going to start telling a story at this point about why your property fits with the overall intent of the neighborhood that's already there. So let's just say I'm going to use our, our properties as an example. We had an infill piece of property, means it's surrounded by houses, and it was zoned residential. Now, the way the area around it got developed, for some reason, that property ended up being on a corner, and no residential developers wanted it. It was useless to them. It was now set for a commercial development. So as you have your pre-app meeting, Let's just say you've got your site plan done or some sort of a site layout. You've got an elevation or an example of a picture of what you want to develop and a brief narrative explaining what you're going to do. Now, the things that you need to consider are the city is going to basically be looking at you saying, well, convince us why you need to change the zoning. Why is the existing zoning? Why is the existing master plan, whatever it may be, not suitable for 
this property? And you need to be able to answer that. And so some of the things I'd recommend you think about are, why is this property undeveloped or underdeveloped if you're going to be ripping down an old building and doing something new? Why are you going to benefit the city and the neighbors? Because basically what, what it's all going to come down to is the city cares about the neighbors. They want to make the neighbors happy. And so that's going to be their angle. So then your response to that is, why is this going to benefit the neighbors? And basically at the end of this meeting, you're going to have somewhat of an idea that the city is going to say, yeah, this sounds like a cool project. We're, you know, the staff, they usually will say something like the staff is neutral on it. You know, they don't really care. They're going to give you some parameters. They're also going to, at that point, bring up if there's any infrastructure improvements you're going to have to do. A lot of times they'll want you to up, upgrade sidewalks or upgrade sewer or upgrade storm systems within that area. So those are the things you're going to talk about so you can start to think about project costs and then also the temperature of the city to your project. So if they're neutral, that's a plus. If they're for it, that's a huge plus. And if they're against it, well, that's when it's time to start thinking about hiring an attorney or ditch the project altogether. Because you're going to need the city's support as you go to the council level and have your public hearings for the overall decision of the zoning. So assuming everything goes decently well, they're basically going to say, yeah, we don't care. It looks fine. Here's what we want you to do. Here's what we want it to look like. They're gonna, and then they're going to want you to meet with the neighbors. Now, this is where things get squirrely for developers. Do not, capital letters, emphasize, exclamation point, do not avoid discussing your project with the neighbors. And when I say neighbors, I mean people who are immediately abutting your property or immediately around there, or if there's a community, the HOA leaders, the board, you need to befriend them. You need to make sure that you are believable and that they think you're, that you are on their side because everyone knows the developer who promised they would do X, Y, and Z, then the project got built and it didn't include any of those things and everyone's pissed off because now they have a project that was built differently than they anticipated or it was promised. So meet with the neighbors and give them your pitch. Neighbors care about like two or three things. They all hate traffic. Every single neighbor will hate traffic. Now, if you have a high traffic use, if you want to build a McDonald's, they're probably going to be pretty pissed off because you're going to bring a lot of traffic to their neighborhood or to their street. Now, if they're on a main street, if they're on a big arterial street, it's not going to matter because that's not a logical argument. But if you're on a side street or you have a lot of residential around you and you're trying to rezone a residential property to commercial, they're going to be pissed and you need to help ease their fears or discuss those with them. The other thing they hate is they hate big buildings that are ugly. So if, you know, in our instance, we were building self-storage facilities they were huge. They were 100,000, 120,000 square feet, massive base industrial buildings, and the neighbors didn't like it. They wanted something that was, that was pretty to look at and that when they were in their backyard looking at our, our property, that they weren't looking at this 35-foot blank wall. So we had to introduce architectural pieces into the structure and basically 
tell them, hey, you know, we understand we're, we're the outsider coming in. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge that you're the outsider. Ask for their help. This is what we're going to do. We're, gonna, we're thinking about you already from the beginning. And try and court them to get them on your side. It can be very helpful. So we've got the size of the building. We've got traffic. The third thing that they hate is noise. They do not want a noisy use. Car doors slamming, cars starting, big trucks, stuff like that. They don't want that. You know, if, if you want to build a discount tire, they don't want that. So you have to be cautious of those things and really think about how you can serve them because you want to build the property, but they're standing in your way. So you got to get them on your side. Be kind, be generous, and explain to them, listen, be the last to speak in that conversation. Listen to their concerns and come up with a plan how you can both win in that situation. Now, if you have any sort of problem with the neighbor, this is when you want to hire an attorney. An attorney is basically going to be Switzerland in this deal. They're going to be the neutral third party who is going to help guide you and help guide the neighbor. And they can be very, very useful. They're also very expensive. A, a zoning attorney for a typical project probably costs around $30,000. And since they bill hourly, it obviously depends how much you use them. But $30,000 is it. it at least what it's going to cost if they run the whole whole deal. If you think you can get this done, if you think you have the cities on your side, if you think you have the neighbors on your side and your project is not very contentious, then maybe you can think about not hiring a zoning attorney and doing some of this stuff yourself. Or you can uh, maybe th think about hiring them for certain stuff so that if there's an issue or something that you want to make sure gets done a certain way, then they can come in and help you and you don't have to pay the full $30,000, dollars for a full rezone. You can only pay a portion of that for bringing them in at certain aspects, but use them as a tool. I highly recommend that you do not just let them go because if they, if you let them go and run with it, they will, they'll do whatever they, they need. They think they need to. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Sometimes it's very useful, but I remember we had a zoning case where our attorney was he went and was driving around the neighborhood to get to get a feel for it. So we're paying a guy 450 bucks an hour to go drive around for two hours. You know, that's a thousand dollar car. ride. That's expensive. I don't think that needs to be done a lot of the times. And you have four or five situations like that throughout a period of six months where they're taking meetings, taking phone calls, and you get these bills for three or $4,000, that, that can be a problem if you're not prepared for it. So use them wisely, give them direction, be the leader of the rezone, and let them be an, an, an advocate for you when needed. So after your neighborhood meeting, you're gonna get all your engineering documents and put your zoning package together. It's gonna include a narrative of what you wanna do. Every seat is gonna be different, but it's gonna have some sort of narrative when you're uh, describing your project and answering questions for the city, you're gonna have site plan elevations, usually uh, some sort of preliminary grading and drainage plan, some sort of electrical engineering sheet that shows the site plan and where the lights are gonna be, and then a landscaping plan, and then whatever else they require. So this is this is the point where you're gonna start spending some money because you know you're easily gonna be spending, you know, if you hire an attorney, you're gonna be spending 10 grand up to this point on on their work 
And then now you've got all these engineers and architects involved. You're going to be spending another 30 grand. So you can see how this can add up. And you don't even know if you have a deal yet. Because you're still four or five, six months out from your city council approving the project. So once you have your zoning package put together, you're going to submit that into the city. Then there's usually going to be two, maybe three reviews where they provide comments. And you have to address them and resubmit. Now. When you're designing a project, I think it's a mistake to go in with your first submittal showing them your best version of the project. Because you know they're going to provide comments. You know that they're going to go through and they're going to have design changes and site changes to your project. And they're always, they're not going to say, hey, this is really nice. Can you make it a little less nice? They're going to say, we want this added. And everything that they add is an extra cost to you. And this is where I see a lot of developers make mistakes that end up costing them, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars down the road because they go in and they show this, you know, beautiful brick facade with all these nice windows and this, that and the other. And, you know, that brick facade is expensive. Let the city ask for it. Now you don't you don't want to show them some piece of crap building. You want to show them something nice, but leave room in your design to add stuff because you're going to have to anyway. And the same thing with your neighbors. Show them something more bland and then have the ability to add to it. That way you make advocates. The city goes, "Well, wow, this developer, he's working with us. He he wants this project to be good too." The neighbors go, wow, this developer really cares about my opinion. He's incorporating that into the design. And you can make those changes, but really you knew that they were coming the entire way. And now you've incorporated them into your project in a way that's going to be helpful to everyone and help meet your budget. So you've got that submitted, two or three reviews. The city is going to basically write a, a staff document saying that they either support the project or they don't now if they don't support the project obviously you're screwed if they do support the project or are neutral to it then that's what you want they're going to submit that into the planning commission and the planning commission is going to take that document review it basically and then vote on it now during this submittal time when you're going back and forth with the city usually a, a period of about four months it takes a long time it's during that period where if anything is going squirrely, this is when your attorney is going to be speaking to the city or the city council on your behalf. Now you you have, depending on where you live or where the project's gonna be, a city council man or woman who represents you. You need to hire an attorney who has relationships with those people. They need to go and have meetings with them inside their office and talk about your project and they're going to say, Hey, you know, I've got a couple projects coming up that they're going to, you're going to be voting on. One of them is a self storage facility or one of them's a, you know, 20 unit apartment complex. You know, what are your thoughts? What do you think? You know, do you think that your other council members would support that? And they're going to feel them out. That's when attorney is super helpful. And so we're assuming that everything is going well. You've got your staff, planning committee you've got the planning staff who is writing their report in favor of your project it goes to the planning commission you have your planning commission date and then 
If they vote yes, then it's going to go to the city council. Now, typically, the planning commission meets twice a month. So you will hit that cycle depending on when your project gets finalized and you'll get a planning commission date. And then the city council usually meets twice a month. Sometimes they'll meet once a month. And when the planning commission approves it, it's going to go to the next cycle for the city council. So that period can be two months or more depending on how you hit the cycle and how busy the city is with reviewing cases. You can see how from conception to your final approval, you can easily be six to eight months. So you got to incorporate that and make sure that you have enough money to, to get your project through that long and also enough time with your project under contract to give yourself the ability to get your rezoning done before you have to close on the property. We talk about this in our real estate class, which uh, you can get, go buy. It's really helpful. We talk about everything in this process in great detail. So once the planning commission votes and approves it, it goes to the city council. They're going to vote and approve it. Now, this is something, the last part of this, that you really should be aware of too. There is usually a 30-day period after your zoning is done, where someone can appeal it. Now, let's just say you have a pretty contentious zoning case. The neighbors don't want your project. You end up getting it through the city. City votes yes on it. You've got a bunch of pissed off neighbors and you got the city who voted yes. The neighbors, if they get together and they form a group, which they do all the time, or they have HOA heads who have budgets for things like this, they can hire their own zoning attorney and they'll come against your case. They can appeal your zoning case. Now, if they appeal your case, I mean, all hell is breaking loose because now it has to go through review again and you may get a different outcome. So if you can, it's always best to not close on the property until after that 30-day period. Now, usually let's just say you've built into your contract that you're going to close 30 days after zoning approval. Well, then you have that date is going to be the same date you need to close. So incorporate that. Give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. That way, if something bad happens, you can back out or at least have time to renegotiate the contract because you do not want your property to get appealed. Now, what's the likelihood of that happening? Very, very low. Very, very low. But it still can. If there is a mistake by the city or a mistake by you, or your attorney, those people could appeal it and say, hey, this, this was not done right or this wasn't reviewed properly and your project could be in limbo at that point. So rezoning is super complicated, but it's doable. Don't be afraid of it. Just know the process. I highly recommend you buy our course. We talk about this in great detail. We go through all the different aspects of it. We look at actual city documents. We talk about pitfalls to avoid. We go through the requirements that you need to do and all that stuff. It's its really in-depth and really helpful. But don't be afraid of rezoning. Go for it. Go get your property developed. But just remember, be kind. Be nice to the city. Remember that these are people and it's not all about you making money. It's about developing a community. So work with your neighbors. Be an advocate for them. Work with them. If they're a pain in the ass, you just got to deal with it and try to be, be on their side. Thanks for listening. 
Be on the lookout for our next podcast next week. We're going to be discussing all things real estate. This is going to be an awesome journey. Hope you guys join along and subscribe. And I'll see you next time.